But a lot of it, I would say, has to do with messaging because mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that are making themselves the hero of their own marketing. We're so awesome. Here's <laughs> how we're amazing. Um, if people just knew how great we were, they would work with us. In reality, potential customers and clients are not looking for another hero in the story. They're looking for a guide. And so when a business comes alongside or comes up to them through advertising or on LinkedIn or whatever, and they just talk about how awesome they are and they don't talk about how they're uniquely positioned to help that person win the day, I think they're going to lose a lot of sales because people are not looking for heroes. They're looking for a guide to help them win the day. Welcome to the Placemaking Podcast. Podcast. The show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Placemaking Podcast. I am extremely excited to share this next conversation with all of you listening today. Evan is the founder of Caffe Marketing and a small business owner located in Atlanta, Georgia. Evan started Caffe Marketing as a way to make profitable marketing easy for small companies. From social media, websites, and everything in between, Caffe Marketing produces marketing that works. They're able to price exceptionally competitively because of their efficient processes and low overhead from working remotely. Caffeine provides the following services for their clients, social media marketing, digital marketing campaigns, and marketing strategy. You can find out more about how they can help guide you on your hero's journey by visiting their webpage at caffeine.marketing. In this episode, we're going to discuss the one thing that he believes is most important when pitching your next idea or development to potential investors. The best resources that will help you market not only yourself, but your projects, and common myths about raising capital that he often sees and how he would bust that myth. As you'll hear on the show, he brings loads of experience on the subject of marketing to the table. I think you'll enjoy his take on pitching your next deal from the perspective of a talented marketing entrepreneur. So as always, if you have enjoyed the show, I'd ask that you please subscribe to the show and share with your friends. There will be more exciting conversations like this one on the shows to come. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the show, Evan. Hey, what's up, Matt? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, glad to have you on here. Now, you're you're not the typical guest I would have on the show, but I thought your story and your background would be would be pretty interesting for for my listeners and and all those out there. And so I gave you a little intro before this call. So, uh, but I'll, I'll let you kind of take the lead and, and tell us a little bit more in your own words about yourself and all that is, uh, Evan. Yeah, well, Matt, I really wish I had some witty response because the intro with, um, you know, he's not your typical guy. I wish I could come from like far right field. It's something just absolutely crazy. But this year it feels like nothing is out of the question. So right. I didn't, nothing I thought of was extreme enough to, make, <laughs> to not, you know, make somebody think I actually did that. So right. 
anyway, uh, I'm a, the owner of Caffeine Marketing. I make, through Caffeine Marketing, we make marketing profitable for small companies that are doing less than $50 million a year in annual revenue. And then I'm also a small business investor. So I partner with small business owners and help them double or triple their company um, as a basically an outsourced fractional CMO, which I guess you bring in source when you partner with me. So that's fine. I'm a partner in six businesses right now, I think, um, and hopefully a couple more this, this month, which would be fun. Uh, I know this is real estate development. I just bought a home. So that's kind of fun. That's my <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, real that's estate. My, yeah, that's counts. It's the same yeah. thing, right? Uh, no, it's not. But it's good. We're gonna house hack it. So we bought it and it has an ADU. And we're gonna like that's gonna use that as additional income and write off stuff. So oh, yeah, nice. that's me. Yeah, that is development. Yeah. Yeah, totally for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very incremental. Uh, yeah, for sure. So can you give us a little bit more about your background and, and how you came to came to caffeine marketing, which is uh, one of your many business ventures and, and then we'll kind of transition from there. Yeah, that sounds great. So I originally got into marketing through my grandfather. He would teach me on the weekends as I would go to work for him at 12 years old, which <laughs> is to- totally legal. Um, yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure in retrospect, thinking about the 12 year olds that I know, I'm like, I didn't do anything. I mean, right. I had to just been like, that was free daycare or something, <laughs> you know. But nevertheless, I felt like I learned a lot of stuff in that season. And hopefully I was helpful to him. And he would teach me about the marketing that he was doing for his jewelry store. So he, you know, watches, diamond rings, stuff like that. Um, and he would say, hey, we're going to place this ad in the Atlanta Symphony. And here's the words that we're going to use. And here's why we're saying this. And most people waste money on marketing because they do this. And they should have these details instead. I remember that being really interesting to me as far as strategy and messaging goes. And then fast forward to about four years ago, I, part of my role at a nonprofit was marketing. And I just gained through experience. I took that up. Somebody would, Nobody wanted to do it. And I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Ended up being pretty good at it. And also during that season, my dad passed away while I was working there. And I thought, you know what? I can't help my dad, who is also a business owner. Uh, and my grandfather's about to retire, but I can help other business owners like them. And so I decided to start caffeine marketing to help other small business owners grow their company, which um, has been a ton of fun and has recently led me into the space of partnering with a lot more companies. So it's been good. Yeah, that's interesting. And right now, uh, small businesses are... are uh... <laughs> The point of uh, much discussion right now, so mm-hmm. it's it's sad to hear, but hopefully uh, we get yeah. through this season pretty quickly. Yeah, I hope so too. And I think that there's a bunch of, I, I said a bunch, there's probably a, a, several different types of companies in this season or small businesses. I feel like I personally have um, interacted with maybe three main categories, which is the ones that are doing just fine not an issue. Mm-hmm. Actually, let's call them four. So there's the just fine people. And then there's the people who have a lot of staff margin because their staff doesn't, you know, they're employing these people, but they don't have any work to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that those people are uniquely positioned to redeploy their staff assets to work on things that are going to help them grow their bottom line in the future. Mm-hmm. Stuff like creating blogs or other stuff. I know that's kind of um, maybe not their original thing they got hired for, but you can redeploy staff as appropriate um, to make your business successful in the long term, yeah. and then there's also people that have cash reserves right now. They don't, you know, their staff is working. 
are not necessarily working, but they've got a lot of cash margin. They've done really well at this point. They can reinvest back in their company. And then lastly, there's the company that's really struggling in both. And I feel I feel for those, you know, restaurants comes to mind, for example, and that's right. struggling in both categories. Right. Yeah, definitely taking a hit. Well, let's let's go to something a little more fun and uplifting. Okay. <laughs> so, caffeine marketing. You said you have a a certain business type that you you market to or that that your services are really best for and yeah uh, can we dig into that a little bit what's your what's your ideal client yeah so some people niche down by industry but i've just got a business owner type that i feel like i work really well with mm-hmm. which is the small business that has had some traction so far you know they might have gotten to the place where they're at today through grit and hard work but they can't seem to scale and grow their company. So they're stuck at this place. Maybe they've got five or 15 employees, but they really can't grow their company past that because they've exhausted all the referrals or they've told everybody that they can't, their business exists. And they're in this place now where they're just throwing things on the wall, hoping something sticks. Mm-hmm. And, it's not really, and sometimes it's successful, right? But then they can't seem to replicate it because they don't have a system and a process to actually grow their company. So that's when we come along. Um, we use a seven-part framework called StoryBrand. And what it does is it clarifies the company's message. So we start with the message and then we create a marketing strategy that will help them increase leads, increase sales really on demand so that, you know, as much as they want to scale, they can like last, actually it was this Thursday, um, I was on a call and they were, we were having to hire two additional people for one of the companies I'm a partner in because we're just to keep up with the sales at this point, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. So when did, uh, caffeine marketing and, and this whole experience really kind of sit in as this was your calling. This is what you need to do. Was there a defining moment? Was I know you said you just said you raised your hand that uh, not was it a nonprofit? You said you said yeah. Yeah, I remember the it. moment. Yeah. actually, is that the, the guy, moment? <laughs> well, I would say okay. So that guy, I I don't want to say I hated working for, but close. I mean, that was the, that was the worst. My wife and I share stories about that guy and just that season. It was super tough, but I tried, I was just always trying to do the best that I could with whatever was put in front of me. And so he said, Hey, I think you, um, let's start off with this. I think you should probably run our Facebook. And I'm thinking, I freaking, I'm not in hardly on social media. I don't want anything yeah. to do with this. And then, but I didn't say that obviously, you know, cause he's my employer. And I was like, oh, I said, yeah, for sure. I said, no problem. Make it happen. And then yeah. quickly started learning more about that and really um, enjoyed the advertising side of it a lot more than the actual creating social media content. So it was a nonprofit. So I created a team of volunteers to actually shoot photography and then um, post it on social media and then do community management. But I really enjoyed getting more people there, like physically through advertising. And that was the moment I was like, all right, that guy was right. I was, I'm pretty... I kind of like this a little bit, you know, <laughs> hate to admit it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I, I feel like I've learned a ton from people that I didn't love working for. Um, and that's maybe the blessing of it. So there's that element of like, there's that moment. However, for me, I've always felt like this is a fun hobby that I have. Um, I don't, I mean, I get that there's an element of work to it and there's days that I feel tired and I'm like, Oh, I do not want to sit here and, 
rewrite copy for a website or look over this ad campaign, you know, or not to say deal with this person because I have a lot of really great clients, but occasionally something happens, yeah. you know? Um, so I think of it as a hobby really, because my wife often will say, you know, Evan, you have so many jobs, you know, with the partnerships and stuff like that. I'm like, not really. I mean, I really just get to do this for fun. I just get yeah. some people's hobbies cost them money, but my hobbies bring it in me. money. right? Yeah. yeah. They make, they make money. It's just yeah. not a half bad deal. You know? So I don't know. I, for, I hope I get to do this the rest of my life. Um, I don't know that I see it as a calling. I just want to help and serve people. And I think I'm fulfilled in that for now. Okay. That's, that's good. Yeah. As long as you're having fun with it, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think of, there's this guy named Solomon. He wrote this book called Ecclesiastes in the Bible. And he has this phrase that's kind of like life is vanity. Like it's all doesn't matter. You know, we're all going to turn back in the dust. And I kind of appreciate that a little bit. Like it yeah. feels sombering or sobering in a way because I this if a proposal goes through or if it doesn't go through, is that the end of the world? Not really. You know, if this account uh, signs on or if this partner, if we do agree, do I, if we get funding for this, is that going to make or break my life? I mean, maybe monetarily, but not really, you know? Yeah. So. Gives you I a little piece, huh? Yeah, I just hold yeah. business very loosely. I mean, I think it's so much fun to grow a company. And just when you start, I mean, I had a guy, he's one of my, he's still one of my partners. And he sent me a text this last August and it said, um, hey man, it's already the fifth of this month. We have so far 4X what we've done the entire month last year since we've been working together. That was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that just felt fun. I was like, yeah, let's go. You know, like, yeah. He also has a kid. Um, so I was like, that's right. You know, we're going to put our kids in school and pay for them, you know? <laughs> so, that's like awesome. That. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, sounds like, you know, things are doing well there. You know, you got to, you, you, you're constantly getting 2X, 3X, 4X for, for all these companies. Mm -hmm. So how would you take those ideas of, uh, you know, increasing revenue for, for these companies and how would you kind of tailor that message to someone in real estate development that's looking to raise capital for their next uh, next project or, um, you know, is looking to market their their ideas to others to, to mm -hmm. potentially get more uh, projects in the in the queue? What how can we kind of correlate the two? Yeah, I definitely have some ideas. Um, I just got, we're almost, I wouldn't say just got done. I'm, we're almost done. We just built two websites for them. Um, it's a private real estate, private equity firm. Um, we built like their kind of brand website. They're really mm -hmm. interesting because they have their own podcast. And Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's called The Richard Geek. Um, okay. It's really cool. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, so we just redid their, their brand website which is really an incredible lead generator for them for their private equity fund. And so then we redid the private equity site. And then we're also doing a sales funnel for them, which means we're creating a PDF and a bunch of follow-up email series mm -hmm. that are educating people on how they're uniquely positioned to help them as investors. So what we did, this is not necessarily, I mean, we can get tactical in the marketing here, but a lot of it I would say has to do with messaging because mm -hmm. there's so many people out there that are making themselves the hero of their own marketing. We're so awesome. 
here's how we're amazing. Um, if people just knew how great we were, they would work with us. In reality, potential customers and clients are not looking for another hero in the story. They're looking for a guide. And so when a business comes alongside or comes up to them through advertising or on LinkedIn or whatever, and they just talk about how awesome they are, and they don't talk about how they're uniquely positioned to help that person win the day, I think they're going to lose a lot of sales because people are not looking for heroes. They're looking for a guide to help them win the day. So the biggest insight I feel like to have for um, real estate development would be your messaging. I feel like that would be a really easy way to stand out apart from the competition because if you can then identify, hey, what is it that the, the investor or the person who's the project manager for this, what is the thing that they want? Okay, what's the problem that's getting in the way of what they want? All right. How are we uniquely positioned to help them serve them, you know, in this way or get a great return for them or um, make this project LEED certified? I don't know. I feel like that's a building term. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Check one for Evan right there. Yeah. Yeah, you got and, that. Okay, cool. So <laughs> how you know, talk about all of those certifications as part of the authority piece of what I would call a brand script. Um, it's a part of a thing called story brand. It's the messaging that we use and I mentioned earlier. Um, so we're talking about how you're uniquely qualified. We're talking about the problem that you solve. Uh, and what is the problem that the customer is experiencing? What is the thing that they want? And then finally, what does success look like for these potential clients? So mm -hmm. is that, you know, for let's take, well, yeah, let's take my business, for example. So there's kind of two people that we generally sell to. One is the actual owner themselves, so the small business owner. And then the other one is like the guy who's an or gal who's in charge of marketing and sales, generally, at the smaller companies. And that guy wants to win the day at work. He wants to like, he wants to have a trusted partner, somebody he can rely on. I just got off the phone with a guy. Um, his name's Chris. He said, hey, can you guys do this, this, and this? And I'm like, of course. Yeah, no problem. Um, so somebody they can lean on trust helps that's going to help him be successful in his company that he's, you know, trying to you know, pay for his kids private education for or whatever. <laughs> right. Then there's the other one of the business owner of him wanting to grow his company. So he can be successful. He can have this aspirational identity. And I think it's important for um, real estate development to understand who is the person that we're talking to. What's their position? What is the, what is the thing that they want out of this? Um, and then what is the problem they're experiencing? And then what does success, success and failure look like? So what's at risk if they don't work with um, our company? Now, this is more residential, so this is not the best example, but I feel like <laughs> this will transfer sure. um, over to commercial. It's contractors. I, I have been trying to wrangle contractors to fix stuff on this home. I mean, I have been like calling them and calling them and calling them. Okay, hey, you're going to be here. Okay, you're not going to be here. It's 3.30. Sorry, it'll be 3.30. Okay, you're going to be right. here 4.10. You know, so that is what I now want to avoid. I think that there's probably some element of that in the commercial space as well. Oh, yeah. So it's like, hey, if you could position yourself, hey, avoid um, having to follow up on projects. Um, trust that it's going to get done on time. And um, ha stop having to send follow-up emails or texts to get stuff done. And You know, like, I feel like stuff like that, if you can let people know, what's at risk if they don't work with you that will also help them close more deals as far as the messaging goes. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. The yeah. only thing I would mention maybe like tactical marketing 
uh, or two things. One would be the advertising. I feel like LinkedIn is, is very expensive as far as advertising goes, but you can get really specific on the type of person that you're advertising to. So I imagine if, you know, you would have a pretty large margin in development. So you might be able to target these people and you might get a great cost per lead or cost per acquisition. And I also have a feeling based off what I know of the real estate space, people don't tend to break from the people they like. So it's hard to get somebody to switch from a competitor. But if you're continually showing them ads, when it comes time that their contractor or their um, whoever it is that they're working with doesn't deliver, they're going to be thinking of you in that moment because mm -hmm. you had already shown them ads. So that's the advertising space is probably trying LinkedIn. And then the other part is the sales funnel, which I mentioned, I would start with some sort of PDF on your website that just says five benefits of um, this particular real estate development method or whatever. Um, five, like the real estate private equity fund that I mentioned, they pretty much exclusively, although they have multifamily deals, only do hotels now. Hmm. And which I think is super cool. Um, and they've allowed me to partner with them now, which is even cooler. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason why they only do hotels is because it's back, it's like real estate backed by a business or yeah, that's how they message it. Um, and you get the benefits of both a business and real estate. So like it appreciates and right. you also take, anyway, so neither here nor there, but for them, the lead generating PDF was five benefits of owning a hotel. So now as a potential investor, I go onto the website and I go, man, I really want to know what the five benefits of investing in hotels are or owning a hotel. And so then I download that PDF. And then what happens after I download that PDF is I'm educated on why I should uniquely go with this private equity firm. And then I'm going to get five emails after that over the course of a week or two weeks that educate me on what's the risk if I don't work with them. What's this, what is success going to look like on the other side of working with them? Um, what are the three steps to work with them? So all that stuff I know is messaging and marketing strategy mixed together, but that's how I feel like it'd be really easy for um, real estate development to build a funnel out. No, that's, that's all good advice. Um, and I, I agree with you on that, that, uh, if you show yourself as the hero <laughs> often raises it, you know, some, some barriers uh, in somebody else's mind that you're, you're trying to talk to because everybody is their own hero, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's going through this hero's journey and they believe they're the hero. So whenever you're picturing someone else as being the hero, it, it kind of, it, it makes things a little awkward. So yeah, I can see what you're saying. And, and I've never really thought of it that way. So that, that was, that was interesting to hear you say that basically switching that around to, to, like you said, be the guide to their hero. Yeah. That actually resonated with me quite a bit. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I think an easy way to evaluate or take an audit of yourself is to go to your website and look at your company's website and look at how many times you mentioned you versus how many times you mentioned us or your company name. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're not talking more about you as in the customer, then you're talking about yourself, you're losing sales. So that would probably be a fun test to like go and print your website out and circle you versus the company name or us or about us or whatever, you know? Right. That's, that's a good point. You're making me think about my website now. <laughs> I can't question it. Like by the time this goes out, I need to edit my website. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So these are all good points. And I'm interested 
what do you think is the most important when you're pitching your idea to this development is is it seeing what problems you can solve uh say you're going to a bank or uh yeah you need debt financing you go to a bank you're trying to market your project um i actually had a uh, a banker on the, on the podcast previously a few episodes ago and it was interesting hearing what he likes to see on a pro forma versus what often gets sent on a pro forma saying, Hey, this project is the best thing since sliced bread. So I guess what, uh, what thing do you think is most important? The one thing when uh, pitching to potential investors, be it a bank or private. That's a great question. As far as the X factor of what that might be. There's two approaches as far as messaging goes. There is solving the problem. So directly talking about, hey, here's the problem that we solve. So you struggle to grow your company. We're going to help you grow your company. Like very simply, you can't, you don't have marketing that's profitable. We're going to solve that for you. Caffeine is very much like problem solution. We're here to solve your problems. The new Ford Bronco that's coming out, you should watch the commercial. It's incredible. I'm not yeah. even like a quote forward guy or whatever. Oh my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy one of these. You know, it's like. I don't know uh, why, but I have to. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, actually as a marketing guy, I know. Like I see these marketing messages and I'm like, oh, it's so good. I could do that in this, you know, ad yeah. campaign or whatever. Um, but what they do a good job of instead of talking about the problem is they talk about the aspirational identity. And what they say well, I remember one line in the commercial, it says, you need um, something in your life, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. you need something in your life that can look the wild, look the wild, like the outside, like, as they're showing pictures of like horses stamping right. across the <laughs> um, running around. <laughs> yeah, camping on the edge of a cliff. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. This is in the commercial. <laughs> you need something that can look uh, the wild in the eyes and give it a firm handshake. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Mind blown. Take my money. Um, (laughs) I do need something that can look the wild in the face and give it a firm handshake. Right. Um, But what that is doing is it's not solving a problem necessarily. It's making me go, I need that in order to release the wild within me. Um, There's another Gerber knife commercial that's very similar to that. Uh, You know, it says, hey, trouble. The whole commercial is like, hey, trouble. We've been there before. And it's got people like roping cows or you know, guys that are not like me on keyboards. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I bought a Gerber knife because I remember going, oh, my gosh, I need what if, that. What if I'm out there, you know, chasing down Do I need to cut rope? Horses, you know? yeah. You get... <laughs> I'm stuck in, in the your wild. your Ford Bronco. <laughs> my Ford Bronco, i got to start a fire. You know? Right. So... I bring these two options up to say, I think it probably depends. And I, I don't want, I don't want to say I know best which one it is, but I know it's one of the two. So if you're talking to investors like private equity investors, I'm going to say it's probably, um, it's probably aspirational identity because there's a dozen different places that an investor can put their money, in, especially if they're a accredited investor. And so what we did with the last private equity firm, is we use a lot of language like savvy investors choose real estate that's backed by a business. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, I'm a savvy investor. Like I, 
that's me. I want to do that. If that's what all the other smart investors are doing, like myself, I'm right. being facetious, but uh, you get the point. So like, that's what they're internalizing of their subconscious. Whereas a banker, he might be going, he might have a boss that he's got to report to. And he might be more concerned with a consistent return on that investment. Mm, um, and he might be more concerned with like, hey, reliable income to make your company uh, continue to hit the numbers that need to hit, whatever. You know, some boring corporate <laughs> jargon. What well, I'm joking, but like, that's what matters to him. And that's not boring because that's what matters to him. And that's, you know, he wants to keep his job and he also wants to be successful and do the best he can in his company. So forgive me, it's not boring corporate jargon. Uh, <laughs> But that's the point is that he wants that problem solved. Whereas the investor has plenty of opportunities. They're not, they don't have a problem of where to put their money. They just, they're looking for the best place to put their money mm -hmm. and they see themselves as an investor. And most investors I talk to, it's less of a transactional thing. It's more of a lifestyle. You know, they mm -hmm. enjoy being investors. So, right. Right. And you get to see something be built and you can say you had a part in it and yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Totally. Well, you, you seem to know quite a bit about marketing. So what, what resources have helped you out along the way? You said your grandpa, grandfather, whenever you were growing up, do you, have you become a, a student of, of the craft? How, and like, if so, what are your materials? Yeah. It changes so fast. Yeah. What works and what doesn't. Um, I, part of the reason why I love being a partner in these other companies is that, well, I guess that doesn't necessarily solve my problem, but like part of the reason is that it's not going to be just dependent on the latest marketing trends. You know, you build a successful business and an engine, there's some momentum behind it and marketing doesn't always have to play the biggest factor in that because right now I had to stay very up to date on what all is happening all the time. Um, I mean, Heck, if you were using TikTok one day as ads platform, which would be really weird for real estate development, but maybe someone's- It could it. happen, yeah. It could happen. Uh, and so you're doing that. And all of a sudden TikTok gets banned. And you're like, that was my whole lead gen. You know, what else I got to do? Or LinkedIn. Um, or say you had a great uh, presence on Facebook and you just kept trying and trying and trying to like build a presence on Facebook when in reality you should have been on LinkedIn because that's where target market is and there's still more organic reach. So right. I'll let me answer your question. There's a lot to keep up with couple things that I like uh, as far as social media goes, like understanding social media trends. I like the blog later, L-A-T. I think there's no E. I think it's just later without the E. Oh, uh, but it might have any hip. I like that. They're pretty trendy. <laughs> uh, so later. And then as far as like week to week marketing news, I either like the marketing brew by uh, the morning brew. And I also like the daily carnage, which gives me like updates on like, oh, Google changed its most recent SEO updates. So there's mm -hmm. that. As far as actual education goes, I'm a big fan as far as the advertising space. I'm throwing out a bunch of stuff here, but yeah. Facebook's blueprint program. Okay. And their blueprint program basically teaches you to use their advertising platform in my opinion, it's a good base knowledge. It doesn't give you actual tactical, like, you know, daily, oh, this worked, this doesn't. Mm -hmm. But it gives you the foundational knowledge to build campaigns on from there and learn. And then the other resource that I would mention is Business Made Simple University, which is affiliated with StoryBrand, which is, you know, we're, I'm a StoryBrand certified guide. So I use that some parts of StoryBrand. 
for clients. But Business Made Simple University, I think for $275 or something like that for the first year has incredible resources to help people grow their company. Hmm. Okay. And what is it? Just Marketing, a, leadership, yeah. oh, self-awareness, wow. proposals. They, I think they build a new course every quarter, but I think they're currently in five courses okay inside of it gotcha so it's good it's really good cool you know we'll kind of get back into to that raising capital mindset here so mm-hmm. what what's one common myth that you found while you've been raising capital maybe not necessarily for your own company but for other companies and how would you squash that myth <laughs> how would you respond to that myth well, uh, I feel like part of it might be like, are, are you saying like if somebody is trying to raise capital as far as like going for their own company, like the myth of like not being able to do that or can you give me more? Yeah, no. So I'm thinking, you know, if somebody's raising capital, they have certain ideas about how that process goes mm. and, you know, if they're trying and they don't know exactly how, but they have certain misconceptions about the best way to do that, about raising yeah. capital for, for their project or their business. What's, what's one of those common misconceptions that you've seen for, you know, maybe not necessarily yours, yeah, yeah. You know, for, for like your private equity group. Yeah. So I think that there, I think if there's a misconception, I think that there's like only one way to do it. I think that would be the misconception. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of really creative deal making as far as like our group goes. Um, often we end up putting a lot less down in the deal as, as investors and do a lot more sweat equity in it mm-hmm. uh, because we each have, you know, one of my partners had like a $26 million exit. Um, I bring a lot of like marketing and strategy skill set to the team. The other guys are really great at operations. So we have, we carry a lot of value in that way. But I would say that they, I would just not get in the trap of, I have to do it like the MBA way, like whatever the, you know what I mean? Like whatever is prescribed to me, I'd say, I don't know that that's what you have to do. Obviously we have crowdfunding at this point. Uh, You've got syndications. Um, There's all sorts of different ways that you can do it. You can also do private equity and even private equity. It doesn't have to be somebody like our group. Like, so we're the Tactos group. It doesn't even have to be like the Tactos group. It could just be the guy who, um, you know, makes above $250,000 a year in a salary. And he's really savvy with his money. Like one of our, cause we take on investors as well. So we're like the active partners, but sometimes we'll have like minority partners come in on certain deals. One of the guy works at Adobe and I'm like, I'm, I have no idea how much you make. I mean, not to say Adobe doesn't pay well, but like he gets paid really well, clearly because of the amount of money that he wants to put up towards capital. Um, yeah. And I just, I think that there's all kinds of creative ways to find financing these days and you don't have to be stuck with like, I have to create this stuck proposal. I would just have as many meetings as possible. And often I feel like, I don't want to call them rich people, but like high net worth individuals, no other high net worth individuals. So sure. it might, I think a referral is often a great idea because then you could say, Hey, uh, okay, this is not the best for you right now. Or I remember one time we were talking to somebody and they just bought like a brand new swanky home, which was a sweet home. Yeah. But that was like most of their capital that way. And so they were like, hey, hit me back up in a year. But in the meantime, like go talk to these other people. Right. Um, so again, I just wouldn't get trapped in this. There's only one way to do it. Thinking. No, that's a good point. 
That's a good point. Especially now, like you're saying, there's syndication, there's uh, crowdfunding, which, uh, you know, came to real estate not too long ago in, in the form of now an app, basically. <laughs> like you can Golly. invest in real estate and not just holdings, but actual real estate. And it's crazy. Um, yeah. So you've got all these businesses you're, you're either part of or you own. What does a day in the life of Evan look like right now? It was funny. I was watching a guy who I like. His name is Graham Stefan. Oh, yeah. um, you know? Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't, of course. I don't <laughs> just He's everywhere, um, right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know he was that big of a deal. Also, I'm sorry if no one knows who he is. I'm going to explain that in a second. But like, he's part of the Oppenheim group or whatever their name is. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I just, I've been watching this guy on YouTube for a couple of months now. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, the selling sunset. I'm like, that's so dramatic. I would never, <laughs> I'm not even going to watch that. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh wait, he's, he works there. He's like the only guy or the only like one of two agents there. And I was just super thrown off. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm circling back to him as an intro. Cause I was just watching one of his videos on like a day in the life or whatever. Yeah. And I work a lot of hours, but I don't, uh, it's not, he was like from 6am till 1am working. And I was like, no way, dude, not my scene. That's not sustainable. Um, No, I did that when I was getting my college degree. I ended up getting my college degree in five months. So from like zero to college degree, but I was like, that's not, you don't, I don't do that pace. You know, I have a life that I'm right. I don't know. I'm going to try to handle anybody who does that. So day in the life of Evan looks like waking up before 5 a.m. Um, I've got like my little routine. I make my coffee. I drink like a green thing that's like nutritious. Yeah. Um, I drink a bunch of water. And then recently in the pandemic era, I have started working at five. Okay. Before that, I would have done like a quiet time and prayed and studied and stuff like that. But I've done that because I can't I can't seem to focus when my son is awake, um, yeah. which is not his fault, but I just, I can't get any work done. So in the morning when I would normally get some work done, um, I just can't. So I get up super early, I start working and then I'll work out whenever he wakes up. And then after that, I will do my quiet time and reading and stuff like that. Mm. And then I'll actually go into the office and then I'll probably work until mm, two, two to three thirty yeah. or so. Um, and then I'll generally head home and I might work on some other stuff when I get home and I'll just work on stuff until my wife gets home. Right. And we just hang out, go on a walk and I drink my food, which sounds weird. I sometimes will actually eat food, but basically I drink this thing called Huel. I've got a oh, bag yeah. of it. You I've got, heard of that. Yeah. I got my little bag right here. Oh, wow. I do that three meals a day. And then if I want to eat something, I will, but I don't, we don't sit down and really eat together titan my son he just kind of eats and we just sit there and talk about our day while he eats <laughs> that's so efficient <laughs> it's very efficient man i don't mess around i don't want to anytime i have to spend that just it seems like a dumb waste of time yeah, but i do a lot like, of work it is so yeah. to make food there some people think like my friends are like do you even like food you know they just <laughs> tease me all the time i'm like no i love food but like, I don't want to, this is a functional meal. When yeah. we got to dinner together as like friends, totally different. Right. This is about consuming calories. Nutrients. That are good. 
yeah. nutrients, <laughs> nothing more. Yeah, right. I mean, if it tastes decent, fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's my day in the life. A day so of I'm, efficiency. I like it. It's very efficient. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't have many, like, even if I'll take phone calls, like I would try to position phone calls for drive. Mm. So like if I'm got a phone call and I'll make sure like I'm driving why, cause I feel like I'm wasting time if I'm just sitting there chit chatting. Yeah. A phone call. That makes uh, sense. It's I probably like not it. healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So yeah, you, you mentioned reading. Are there any, your favorite books or books you're reading right now that you just you'd want to recommend or oh yeah i have some um this one's gonna sound cheeky but i really like the bible it's not a okay. book it's a collection of books um, right or, but big fan of it i uh, really it's been like, around a while <laughs> it's been on the, the bestseller list for a few years if yeah you heard about it right so I really loved growing up reading Proverbs every day. So there's like 31 Proverbs. I would read a proverb every day. I haven't done that in like a year or two years, but that's a suggested reading. I feel like that's really helped me in my life. Sure. Um, and then I'll do like a devotional, which is like a Christian thing to like connect with God and read the Bible and pray and stuff like that. But business reading, a bunch of stuff I really like. Uh, Profit First is one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Clockwork is another one of my favorite ones. Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller is one of my favorite ones. I oh, yeah. My bookshelf. Um, Entree Leadership is pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Classic. Classic. But it's funny because I'm also a Dave Ramsey fan. So, like, I'd like to parallel in those two worlds. Yeah. Yeah, they're very, very different. But at the same time, they have some underlying principles that are the same. You know, don't yeah. spend more than you make and all that kind of thing. But financial yeah. savvy. But uh, yeah, Dave, Dave Ramsey's on the other end. He's a little intense. My wife always feels like he's yelling or mean <laughs> to the people. Right. And I'm like, no, he's just passionate. He's just, <laughs> he's just into what he's saying. But uh, no, I mean, I, I don't, we don't, aside from our house that we just bought, we are very against that and I'm still against that, but the rate that we got was stupid. I mean, it's just, Oh yeah. It's basically inflation at this point. Like it's just beating inflation. Um, so I was like, I just feel we are not using it right now. So we should just go get some free money. <laughs> Might as well buy a house, right? <laughs> Mine is I literally, because we are minimalist. So like we don't have, we don't need hardly anything, you know? Um, and yeah, I was just like, I mean, Sure. Let's just go do it. Like it's an easy way to leverage our money right now. Sure. And you add in the ADU. Um, so that's good. It's good. Good deal these days. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time now because I know like you said efficiency is key. So uh, I'll let you, let you get off the phone, but really I appreciate all your time and discussing this. And like I said, it's not, not a typical I guess, but I think all that you had to bring to the table was, was well worth the time. So I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you having me. Um, fun fact, I thought of something, but I actually am a partner in it, which is a wig, a wig company. So I was going to say, oh, like I work at, you know, I own a wig company, but it's true. <laughs> so whatever. It's different. It's so weird. Yeah. My, <laughs> get like weight lifting weights or what? No, no, a wig. Like a wig. What, oh, what people wear on their heads. Um, w i g. So, okay, I thought I, I thought I heard weight. 
for some reason. Wow. Yeah, there's yeah. four of us guys that are partners in it, and we always joke around with one another. We're like, "Oh, we're gonna get you a wig," you know, <laughs> or whatever. So, forgive me. There's people out there who wear wigs, and it's a totally legitimate thing. So it is cool. a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'll uh, like I said, I'll uh, leave a description of your website to where people can find you and uh, that'll be in my webpage that I'm going to go check now. And then, uh, but it, if you want to go ahead and just tell us where, where people can find you uh, if they're listening on their car or something like that. And uh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave a link as well. For sure. Um, caffeine.marketing. There's no.com. There's caffeine.marketing and evanknox.com. And if you are responsible for growing your company, you can, get a free guide on my website. It's how to build a winning sales funnel. It's like a Lego kit for adults and marketing. So it's like <laughs> a checklist. Yeah. Oh, I'm golly. Side note, they have this Technic kit for Legos now. Yeah. I really want whatever new Porsche model they come up with that. I'm going to build it for my son, quote right. unquote, right. but it's going to go time. in my office. Yeah. yeah. It's going to go in my office for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, Check out his website. Uh, like I said, if, if you're building your own company, he's, he's got plenty of good uh, advice like you just heard and then more. So uh, check him out. Thanks for your time, Evan. Yeah, thanks, Matt. 